intro for the first ever WCAT podcast. I'm Jack Hunter, joined alongside by Riley O'Neill, and we have two very special guests with us today. We have Coach Doug Boomer and Coach Brent McGuire, two assistant varsity baseball coaches. Today, we're going to get their stories from their upbringings to their collegiate careers to their coaching careers. Uh, but Coach Boomer, let's start with you first, and then Coach McGuire, we can get an answer after Coach Boomer. But most recently, the 2020 varsity baseball team uh, was just the play was suspended by the GHSA because of the coronavirus outbreak. So I know how it is as a player, and I know how upset our, our team is. But from a coaching perspective, what is it like when you got the news that we're not going to be playing again this year? Oh, it's devastating, disappointing, obviously. Um, you know, we, we were talking a little before the, the show came on, but just about how competitive us, us coaches are, you know, as well as the players. And um, we want to be out there and win, and we had some good things going. And, you know, the, from my perspective, the pitching staff was really coming together, and that's the area that I'm, you know, responsible for. And, um, you know, we were scoring a lot of runs and really starting to gel as a team, and, we, and it really started to feel like we had chemistry. And, you know, when those things happen – um, usually there's, uh, you know, very, very positive results out there. So it was disheartening, you know, to have to bring it all to an end for, for our sake personally, but also, you know, we care a lot about the kids and we want them to realize that success and have those, uh, you know, competitive um, situations and dreams and all that kind of stuff come true. So I'll throw it over to McGuire. How do you feel about it? I echo your remarks, coach. And, um, I've been in education for 34 years, and I think today is probably the lowest mark of my educational experience just because of where we are in today's world and where we are today in terms of athletics. As Jack just mentioned, and as you just talked about, um, they're pulling the plug on high school sports in the state of Georgia, and I think that's going to be a continual uh, echo around the country without a doubt. And so it's just very unfortunate and we've never experienced this before. So I'm having a hard time dealing with it. And, and when I was asked to do this podcast today, I said, this is great because it's the first time I've been able to get back to baseball and talk about baseball. And I've missed that over the last 20 days uh, since we've been separated. So um, it's a challenging uh, day today in terms of Westminster baseball. And um, I feel for the kids. They're the ones that, uh, I know are going through the struggles the most. Um, you and I are going to get an opportunity, hopefully coach next year. We'll be right. able to coach a team again next year. But for right, right now, um, it's these kids that are um, uh, not having this opportunity. Um, I feel for our seniors. Well, those 12 wonderful seniors that we had on the team this year, incredible ball players, incredible character kids. Um, and we were on a little mission. We were, like you said, we were starting to gel. And we were playing good, solid baseball in all aspects of the game, from hitting to pitching to fielding to base running. to, And everything is starting to come together. And I was really anticipating at this time of the year right now where we are, because we'll be playing Lovett and Pace and Rodan right now. And that's the stretch run of our season. Yeah. And looking forward to the, the great run through the playoffs and I really felt that this team had the opportunity to go deep really deep into the playoffs and so uh, it's going to be what if and you just wonder um, what this team could have done and so I'm just uh, at a loss if you will um, today and I'm at a loss for um, what's ahead of us for the next few months so um, but it is it is good to be here today to talk baseball. 
Yeah, and uh, Coach Boomer, I'm sure you can speak more onto this, but I think that a really tough part about the season ending is yeah, I feel like as a, as a player, I felt that we were destined to go all the way and that our pitching staff was so deep. I mean, coming into the season, I think it was a little bit of a concern, but like we got to the point where now it, it kind of felt like we could play like two or three straight days of double headers and we'd, we'd be fine on the pitching front. And so that was that was tough to see, especially because we necessarily weren't supposed to have a great pitching staff this year. And then we came in and just yeah, our- everyone down. I, when the preseason practice first began, I was, I was a little concerned um, that we weren't going to have that one big, you know, electric stopper that could, you know, put up a one or a zero against the, you know, against a good team. Um, but as, as time wore on, I mean, our, our kids were throwing just a bunch of strikes and, you know, at high school baseball, very often it's the failure to throw strikes that, you know, that ends up killing you. And we, we were throwing a lot of strikes and with good mix and what we didn't have in one electric starter we had in depth, like you say, and, and guys were really rising to the occasion, young people who hadn't been proven at the varsity level. And, um, and then we got a big shot in the arm when Jason long anchor came out after basketball, it was over and he was looking really strong and looked like he was going to be the guy that would really carry us. So, yeah, it was looking so positive there that, that we were going to be able to hold teams down, and that's that's a great recipe you know, for success. Yeah, definitely. Well said by you both. And, you know, Jack, obviously you've been a seer, senior. I feel for you as well and feel for all the players. And Coach McGuire, Coach Boomer, you were both players, and the idea of this podcast was to bring you both together and look back on your college careers and then obviously your path towards Westminster and your coaching careers at Westminster. So, Mr. McGuire, you shared a little bit about your history at Georgia State and even showed us some great photos of your home run trot before. Talk to us a little bit more about how you ended up at Georgia State and how the team looked back then. Well, I was a DeKalb County product. I went to Lakeside High School, um, which is about 15 minutes from Westminster. And I was a homebody. I loved Atlanta. I grew up in Atlanta, born and raised in Atlanta, and I wanted to stay in the Atlanta area and play college baseball. That was my ambition um, when I was a junior and senior in high school. I wanted to play NCAA college baseball, and that was my goal. Um, I was 130 pounds when I was a senior at Lakeside and didn't get recruited by a lot of schools. I had maybe three or four uh, small offers around uh, some junior colleges and uh, one in Alabama and one up in Kentucky, but here again, I wanted to stay home. So um, had some good uh, high school years at Lakeside, and um, I tried out for the Metro Atlanta All-Star team, which back in the day, if you made the team, you got to play at the Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. And I made the team, and, and the tryout process was a three-day process and had about 200 high school baseball players from the state of Georgia that were at the tryout. Um, fortunately, I made the team, and I got spotted by the Georgia State University coach at the time. He was one of the scouts there, and came up to me after uh, the third day of tryouts and said, I'm going to offer you a full scholarship right there on the spot. And everything worked out perfectly because I wanted to stay in Atlanta. Uh, I wanted to play baseball in the Atlanta area. And Georgia State was a, a, an up-and-coming D1 program at the time. Uh, it had only been in existence uh, since 1978. Um, there was a period back in the very late 60s and early 70s that Georgia State played baseball, but then they dropped the program. But it picked back up in 78. And so I joined a program that was up and coming, new, 
uh, and back in the game. And um, I said, this is it. This is a perfect fit for me. I'm going to Georgia State. And uh, so I accepted the scholarship offer right then and there. Um, played four years at Georgia State. Um, uh, had a, a good career there. I had, at the time, since uh, baseball at Georgia State had only been played for about seven total years, I set seven offensive records at the time. But they've all been crushed uh, of late, believe me. They didn't last very long. But I, I did have a, a good, good career. I, I was an awesome belt um, tournament team member my freshman year. And I was a designated hitter my freshman year. And then I started playing second base uh, the last three years of my career. So I had a good baseball career there. Um, I still needed another year to go with my academics. Um, so I stayed on as a undergraduate slash graduate assistant coach. Uh, so I, got, I cut my feet there um, for two years as a grad assistant baseball coach. Um, I was real fortunate to have that opportunity to start coaching uh, when I was you know, 22, 23 years old at the collegiate level. So um, then and there, I knew that that's what I wanted to do the rest of my life was to be in education. I wanted to teach PE. I wanted to coach baseball. And um, I'm living my dream. So Coach McGuire, uh, you were telling me a little bit before, so as if anybody knows kind of the geography right now, Georgia State is not where their baseball stadium is at. So can you tell me what your uh, typical afternoon was getting out of class and getting on over to Georgia State baseball field? Absolutely, Jack. Um, when I went to Georgia State, my first two years, I lived at home because Georgia State at that time was a commuter school. There were absolutely no dorms down there. So I lived at home uh, two years. So I would drive to the Avondale MARTA station, the, the rail, and I'd hop on the train at Avondale and it would take me to Georgia State. And it, it was 50 cents to ride one way. And that's as far as the line went. Um, I'd get off at Georgia State, walk to, walk to the campus about a quarter of a mile walk. I had my classes from 8 till 12, 12 o'clock. I would run to my car, get in my car, drive to Panthersville. So I had to leave downtown Atlanta and go to Panthersville, where all the athletic facilities were for Georgia State at the time. It was about a 20-minute ride. I'd usually stop at McDonald's somewhere on the way. I'd get to Panthersville. I would hurry up, get out of my car, put my uniform on right there with my car door open. We had no dressing facilities whatsoever. And we'd have a game at two o'clock. Uh, the game would last, you know, a couple hours and I'd head back home. And then the day, the next day I'd repeat the same process, but it was a, a great time of my life. I loved every minute of it. And coach Brimmer, you played at Georgia Tech and against Georgia State and coach McGuire multiple times. Oh, yeah. What was that experience like for you? Um, well, Unlike Coach McGuire, who was, you know, setting records for home runs and trotting around bases and all that kind of stuff, my first couple of years, I didn't really play very much, honestly. Um, you know, I was uh, – so if, if he hit that home run in 1981 or 1982, I was watching it from the bench. But uh, um, my last couple of years, I got to play quite a bit more. Um, you know, the I hate to, to say it, but uh, – well, I don't hate to say it. The, the series was a little bit one-sided in, in, you know, in our favor. We went 9-0 and against them, you know, in my time there. Uh, so um, I remember some very, very windy days that we played down in Panthersville, at, you know, at, at their field um, that created some just crazy numbers in a game. Like we actually scored 35 runs in a game once. Again, so that, that was <laughs> – I do not remember that. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and just, to be, uh, just to be clear, Coach, I went and did a little research. 
that that was uh, my freshman year. It was thirty-five to nine that game. Whoa! I and, and, uh, the wind was blowing that day. The wind was blowing out so hard. It was blowing out like forty miles an hour, and it was like blowing the pitchers off the rubber and everything. And uh, you know, so there's a lot of balls just sailing out of that park and everything. But um, yeah, I remember driving down to Panthersville and. And it did, to us, it did seem like Georgia State was kind of a young, you know, a young program trying to get started. Um, and we had a home and away with them um, every year. And then in 84, my last year, we actually played two home games against them and only one away game. Um, but uh, they, were, they were fun times and it was, it was good to play where you didn't have to travel real far because when you, when you go to Tech and you play a lot of teams, you're traveling on a bus for hours and hours and hours and missing, you know, classes and days and things like that and georgia state was just across town so so cool. uh coach boomer you uh played for a pretty historic uh baseball program in georgia tech do you have any uh big time memories of any big time games that you guys played in any professional players that you might have uh, faced off against in your time oh yeah there's there's really too many uh to mention i, I um as far as you know famous baseball players that i you know got to play against you know, Kevin Brown was, you know, was the major leagues, you know, probably most successful pitcher, at least, you know, financially. He was a teammate of mine, actually. And he, uh, he walked onto the team. He didn't even get a scholarship like, like, like most of us. And when he came out, he was tall and skinny and, you know, nobody thought much about him. But uh, I can remember standing in and, you know, in the batter's box and when he was throwing bullpen some just to get a look at him. And I remember thinking, this guy is going to be really, really good. And, you know, it turned out he was. Um, but, but a lot of a lot of names, um, you know, Bo Jackson, I played against him a few times when, you know, he, when he was at Auburn. And, uh, you know, he was, he was a, a, a phenom physically, you know, obviously. But I think for Atlanta Braves fans, um, uh, B.J. Surhoff was, a, was an Atlanta Brave for a while. We, I played against him you know, at North Carolina. Um, but there's, this, there, there's too many. When you play in the ACC, there's just a lot of players who go on to do things. Yeah. Coach McGuire, do you have one memory or a few memories from your time, maybe some famous players you played against or a big game that you won here or there? Well, there are a few. You know, when you're an up-and-coming program and just getting started, a lot of these big time schools want to schedule a Georgia state at that time, because they're kind of thinking, well, we're going to go and play a brand new program. We're going to more than likely win that ball game. So it did offer a lot of opportunity for Georgia state to play a lot of sec schools, a lot of ACC schools. And we were definitely overmatched. There's no doubt about it. When you're a second or third year up and coming program, and you're going against the likes of a Florida state who was at that time coached by Mike Martin, who was, who is the NCAA's all time winningest baseball coach. Um, and you're playing against the, the Georgia Bulldogs and the Florida Gators and the, and the Gamecocks from South Carolina. Um, our schedule was brutal. And I, I questioned our athletic director at the time, why did you schedule <laughs> those type of, of programs? We should be playing teams like uh, Southern Tech or Shorter or Birmingham Southern or schools, you know, that would be uh, that we at least have an opportunity to compete against. But I, I want to tell you, um, uh, being an Atlanta native, I grew up as a huge Georgia Tech fan. I mean, that was my school. I've been going to Georgia Tech football games since the late 60s and um, love Georgia Tech. And um, 
I would have loved to have gone to Georgia Tech, but my grades didn't allow me to, to get there. I, t I did speak to Coach Morris a few times, um, but my grades were not good enough to get in. And um, I regret that now, but, uh, but anytime Georgia State played Georgia Tech, I was really inspired only because <laughs> my love for Georgia Tech. And um, I always had some really good games against Georgia Tech. So those are some good memories for me. Um, facing quality team like Georgia Tech and, and Coach Boomer's team and, and that lineup. Those were household names back in the, in the 80s, uh, that lineup of his. And, um, and sure enough, my younger brother was a teammate of Coach Boomer at Georgia Tech as well. I was going to say that, yeah. yeah. And, um, and matter of fact, Coach Boomer brought up uh, Kevin Brown, who was at one time the highest paid baseball player in Major League Baseball. My brother and Kevin Brown – were roommates along with Jim Poole. And Jim Poole was a legendary pitcher down at Georgia Tech as well. And Coach Boomer can yeah, attest yeah, to that. But yeah. Coach, uh, the, the fact of the day is when the Atlanta Braves won the, the World Series, um, Jim Poole was the pitcher of record when Dave Justice hit the home run in game six to allow the Atlanta Braves to win the World Series that year. So, um, I'm a big fan of Georgia Tech baseball, and when my playing days were over, I would scamper down to to, uh, to the ball field down there. Coach Ben, what was the name of the, the field down there at the time? Uh, uh, Rose Bowl Field? Yeah, Rose Bowl Field, and yeah. watch, you yeah. know, my brother and, and Coach Boomer play on the same team together. Coach Boomer and I really didn't know each other um, well at all during our college days, but I knew of him, and I knew what type of a ball player he was, and what a tough out he was in that lineup. And I had the complete respect for him as a ball player because I did see him play a lot. Not only did we play against each other, but when my career ended, he still had a couple of years ago and, and he was playing with my brother at the time. And so um, uh, that's where our baseball affiliation kind of got started. Yeah. Well, I want to throw a shout out to your brother. I mean, uh, he was, a, a, you know, not only a great teammate and a you know, friend at the time, um, but he was a he was a one heck of a good hitter, you know, and that, that obviously runs in the McGuire family because Pat could <laughs> he could whack that ball around the park. He he was uh, really something special, and and we were all kind of let down. I, you know, he he was really coming on, and then he had some health issues and had to take a year away. And then he and when he came back to really do most of his damage, it was after the years after I left. Right. Um, you know, but he was uh, he was special. He was. He was a great ball player. He, he um, like you said, he had some health issues and had to take a year of, uh, off and had a medical uh, red shirt. And, uh, but he came back very determined and, and made, he was on uh, three ACC championship teams uh, his, yeah. his uh, you know, sophomore, junior, senior years. And they had some great ball players, yep. as you know, and you played with them, but yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he certainly left his mark there. So I, um, uh, off the field, I am a big Georgia Tech baseball slash athletics fan, and um, I appreciate and respect all that Coach Boomer did because he played against some incredible competition in the ACC at that time. It was maybe one of the best conferences in the United States at the time, and um, and the record speaks for themselves. Georgia Tech is a powerhouse baseball program, and during the 80s and 90s, it was one of the top programs in the country year in and year out. And do either of you have a chance to stay up to date with the current teams at Georgia Tech and Georgia State now? 
Yeah, I actually, I actually was doing some radio color for, uh, for Georgia Tech baseball a little bit this season when they needed somebody to, to fill in. So I got to, you know, uh, you know, get prepped a little bit and learn a lot about them, but also, you know, watch them play some games and commentate and stuff. So that was really fun. It's, and it's just disappointing for, you know, for those kids, too, to have to have their seasons come to an end. I um, mean, everybody had hopes and dreams, and everybody still was, uh, you know, in the running to do something special, you know, and it had to come to an end. I've kept up with Georgia State um, more of late. Um, uh, as time has gone, gone by, they have done a really good job with their baseball program. It's uh, a well-respected program that has done um, well in their recruiting aspect now nationally, whereas back in the day when I played, it was all locally because there were no college dorms. Now they have the dorms. They have a big push for athletics down there, as you know, because of football. And so they have come a long way since I was there. And so their baseball alumni has really developed of late. And um, I would say I've gone to three or four uh, Georgia State University baseball alumni uh, functions, and they'll host it down at Panthersville or they'll host it down at Georgia State. And there's the dream down there, and I don't know when it's going to begin, but the, the former Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, that footprint is still there. It's a parking lot right now, but there's hope that Georgia State in the next year or two, they're going to break ground right there on that footprint and play their college baseball games right there in downtown Atlanta. And what a push that would be to really put them on the map. That would be, that would be huge. And I was riding my bike over there the other day and there's cranes up over there and everything. Like, I don't know if they're getting started or if they're building something else or what, but it's a, it's a busy looking place that that old parking lot, you know, they might actually be starting it now for all I know. I got a chance to play on that field uh, my senior year in high school at Atlanta Fulton County. When I made that all-star team, we got to play at the stadium. Yeah, you and I were on the field at the same time. There I you go. That game too. Yeah. yeah. And um, just, you know, when I was down there for that alumni function, uh, it brought back all kind of memories of playing in Atlanta Fulton County stadium and uh, um, just experiencing that. So I do hope that Georgia state does pursue that and continues to, to go forward in their athletics. And they're certainly doing a good job with it right now. It's interesting. You say that, I didn't realize you were in that game. We might've actually been on the bench together or, or maybe playing against each other. Well, I was 79. I was 79, 80. I started the school year in 1979. So um, I was, oh, you, you okay. So been, mine would have been 1980. Okay. Right. So the year, a year apart. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Coach Boomer, so not uh, unlike Coach McGuire, you actually didn't go into uh, coaching and teaching immediately. So, can you talk about? Uh, you saw you had a career in the military. Can you talk about your decision to to be an officer in the military and uh, how that experience was for you? Um, yeah, I, I when I my baseball playing days were over and I finally graduated from Georgia Tech, I took a job with Delta Airlines, actually as a as an engineer working on airplanes and and um, after a couple of years of doing that, you know, I mean, having been uh, a part of a team and with, you know, a lot of camaraderie and being very active, um, I, I kind of got the feeling like I didn't want to be behind a desk that much, you know, for the rest of my life. And um, I kind of developed a, a love of flying actually. And, and some of my friends at Delta were all, you know, we're all about aviation. And, and so I started flying privately um, and, enjoyed it a lot, but also felt like I wanted to, you know, serve my country and, and, and do something that was a little more 
um, a little more active. And so I decided to join the Marines and I went in on a flight contract for them, you know, to be an aviator in the Marine Corps. So that's kind of how it all got started. Um, but I, I was uh, found not physically qualified at flight school. I failed an eye test. And at the time there was budget cuts and they needed to cut back on the number of pilots. So uh, I ended up, you know, working on airplanes instead of flying them, you know, in, in the Marines. So the reason behind it was just kind of needing a change, wanting to serve my country, uh, you know, and a love of flying and, and uh, you know, but I, I look back and although it was extremely disappointing during the, the time where, um, where I was not allowed to continue you know, in, in the flight program, but my time in the Marines was so formative and so in, important um, to me and my growth, I think, as a, as a human being and as an adult, uh, I, I don't, I don't uh, regret that at all. I think it was the greatest experience of my life, to be honest with you. How many total years did you spend in the Marines before coming back to Atlanta? Uh, I, I, well, I didn't actually come back to Atlanta. I was, I was in the Marines for five years. And my wife and I had had our first child and um, I was looking at a pretty um, aggressive deployment schedule and just kind of decided that uh, I wanted to be a, you know, a family person and a dad first, you know, and uh, I love my, the Marine Corps. And I think if, if, if kids weren't in the picture or, you know, I probably would have stayed in, but um, we, I decided to get out and I went to work in the, in the paper industry and, and I worked in several different locations around the Eastern part of the United States. Uh, I didn't actually come back to Atlanta until uh, I started to work at Westminster some 20 some odd years later, you know, after leaving. So coach McGuire, uh, let's talk about your days after college. So you spent a few years as a grad assistant, but what, what was next for you after your days at Georgia state? So I did spend two years as a grad assistant at Georgia State, loved that. But then when you're only getting paid $200 a month, you got to go make some other decisions. So I use that time basically as to gain tons of experience. And I was working with a great head coach. I learned a lot from him. So it padded my resume a little bit. Um, then I finally came to the conclusion, I got to go get a real job. So um, Having a PE degree, I started my teaching career at Sarah Smith Elementary School, which is, you know, right around the corner from Westminster. Um, a lot of our Westminster kids uh, come from Sarah Smith. So I was really teaching the same type of clientele kids in a great school. And I taught at Sarah Smith for 15 years. Um, meanwhile, when my teaching day ended, I would leave uh, Sarah Smith and drive over to Sutton Middle School. I started the the middle school baseball program at Sutton and um, coached there for two years. And then those kids that I taught or coached at Sutton, the majority of them went to North Atlanta. Well, the North Atlanta high school baseball coach resigned and they approached me and asked me if I'd like to coach high school baseball at North Atlanta. And I said, this is a great opportunity because the majority of those kids that I had at Sutton are now rolling over to North Atlanta. So I get to coach them over at the high school level now. So I spent uh, two years at North Atlanta uh, as the head baseball coach. Um, it was a great experience for me. And then my principal, Dr. Lee Friedman at Sarah Smith became the lower school principal at Westminster. And um, he picked up the phone one day and gave me a call and said, would you like to come over to Westminster and, and uh, teach physical education? And maybe there's some coaching opportunities for you. And 
I said, where do I sign immediately? Because I, I knew of the Westminster reputation and being an, an Atlantan and knowing all about um, the school and the history and the tradition and the culture there. I said, this is just a great opportunity for me. So I'm very thankful to Dr. Friedman for inviting me and giving me this opportunity. So um, uh, I came to Westminster in 2001, uh, finishing my 19th year uh, at Westminster and uh, have never looked back. It's a great place. And, um, I started my coaching as the head eighth and ninth grade baseball coach and served two years, uh, at that level. And then coach Jim Jefferson, legendary coach Jim Jefferson asked me if I'd come and, and serve as his assistant, which I did. And, um, just so happened that coach Chad Laney was also an assistant with me back in, I guess I'm talking 2006, seven, eight, nine, and all those years um, we coached together uh, as Coach Jefferson's assistant. So I've um, uh, been on the varsity ever since, and I've uh, had the pleasure of working with Jim Jefferson, who was in the Georgia Dugout Hall of Fame as well, um, and then also got the, the wonderful opportunity to coach under Russell Wren, who led us to the state championship a few years ago, and I'm loving being Coach Laney's assistant right now. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Coach Russell Wren came back to town last year and faced Westminster with his new high school up north. He certainly did. And uh, what a unique experience that was for him and for us. Um, here, this, you know, fantastic baseball coach that left his mark at Westminster decides to go back to Gilman and coach at his alma mater and, and um, has done a wonderful job there. And so, Sure enough, the first thing he did was he picked up the phone and said, Coach Laney, Coach McGuire, I want to come down. I want to play you guys during spring break. And so we did set up a game with his team, and they were good. Uh, Jack, you remember that ball game? Uh, I don't think we won. I, I remember I – remember It didn't go I, well. I remember a moonshot home run that, that sailed into the trees, and that's about it. Yeah, they were good. We hung in there with them, but uh, we, we were a little outclassed that day. We didn't play as well as I hoped, and um, – I think Russell Wren certainly had his team fired up and ready to play us, but it was a great experience. And we have, we had a tradition um, that Russell started um, when he first began uh, as our head coach, uh, I guess it was five years ago, but he would always have somebody throw out the opening pregame opening pitch. And um, we kind of, flip that on him. So when he came to Westminster that night before the game started, we had him come out to the pitcher's mound and throw out the first pitch. Uh, and we, we really gave him a nice uh, warm welcome back home. It was a good first pitch. He was warmed up from all that on-field batting practice he was throwing <laughs> early in the day, the, the legendary Southpaw batting practice from Coach Wren. He has a rubber arm. Uh, he and I tried to outduel each other during pregame batting practice year in and year out, and I could not hang with him. He is, he is a magician throwing strikes <laughs> all the time. He's, he's a great batting practice pitcher. Well, Coach McGuire, as a left-handed hitter, I will say I prefer you on the on the batting <laughs> practice. Every time I step in against Coach Ren or, or you, Coach Boomer, too, it's like, oh, I already get lefty-lefty enough. Do I really have to go through it in batting <laughs> practice? Yeah, you're uh, you're in a defenseless situation there. Those are two crafty lefties, Jack, and uh, they know how to work the ball in the strike zone. So I felt for you when you had to come up there and take <laughs> your batting practice. Well, as, as Coach Wren would say, it's not right hand. You've got the right-handed people, and then you've got the correct-handed people. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's what the lefties are. That's right. And so we talked about, you know, collegiate memories earlier. But looking back, what were some of your favorite Westminster baseball memories? 
Well, I, I'm going to, without a doubt, say the, the greatest moment in my coaching career, maybe in my education career over the 34 years, was the moment we won the state championship. Um, we were, that year, came in second place in our region behind Blessed Trinity. They were a baseball powerhouse and odds on favorite to win the AAA classification. Again, they had won several in a row. They were a loaded baseball team with talented collegiate athletes that were going to play at the next level. And some of them were going on to play at the major league level and get drafted. Um, the deck was stacked against us because they had beaten us during the regular season, 15 to nothing and nine to one. And we just could not play well against them. They, they just really owned us. But on that magical night when we advanced to the state championship and, and, and we faced them that evening and, um, everything just lined up for us and we played a great two, two games and Rankin Woley left his mark, you know, magically with what he did that night. And, um, uh, but being able to jump on that dog pile at when the last out was made in dramatic fashion, we had, you know, the bases loaded They're they're batting the bases loaded and the, the tying runs on third and the winning runs on second. And, Rankin makes this unbelievable play and throws it home to get the force out with the bases loaded. And it was just such a relief that our players went absolutely crazy that night in the dog pile. And that's just a moment. If you could bottle up a feeling and capture that and keep it for the rest of your life and feel that for the rest of your life, it's as good as it gets. But that, that certainly is the, the magical moment. But Westminster has left me with a lot of memories and, and great kids. And, and that's what I remember the most are the kids that we have the opportunity to coach and um, they're first class kids. And, you know, you forget the scores, you forget the victories, you forget your losses, but you'll never forget the kids and the moments that you have with those kids. And um, to me, that's priceless. I'll take away those relationships that you have with those kids over the years. And when they come back to see you, you know, we have a lot of our alumni, baseball alumni come to the game and they'll come by and, and see you and shake your hand and give you a hug and say, coach, I remember when you told us to do this, or, or do you remember this play that I made in the game that, you know, against um, Lovett? And so you relive those moments, and those are just um, uh, great, great moments that you get to experience as a coach. And Coach McGuire, is it special for you being a third, fourth, fifth grade PE teacher to see uh, young baseball players like me or a big Drew Berg coming through the elementary school or Charlie Wycliffe or Jonathan Morgan, you see them coming through the fifth grade and then you get kind of get to know them and then you get to play with them and coach them in high school. Is that special to get to see them as, as kids and then back in the high school baseball world? Absolutely. I get to double dip. You know, I get to, <laughs> to teach you as a third, fourth and fifth grader and I see your athleticism at that young age, and then you're telling me, or these these players are telling me that they're baseball players, are playing at NYO or or Bucket or wherever, and and then you get to see them grow in the program, and you get to see them, you know, do well with their young teams, and then and then the eighth and ninth grade team and the JV team, and you get to see them grow. You know, that's the biggest transformation is the physical uh, difference between those seven or eight years, and and yes, Jack, it's 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 a, a treat to be able to teach those players and to coach them later on in their career. I mean, you get the best of both worlds. You, you get to skip the, uh, skip the adolescent middle school part and you get to the, the cute little kids and then the big grown up hitting home runs. 
And uh, Coach Boomer, let's move on to you. So we talked about a little bit earlier about how you didn't immediately go into teaching. You were in the military, the paper business for a little bit. Yeah, when yeah. did you decide that you wanted to start being a teacher? I mean, we knew you had the intelligence from that 1984 ACC honor roll uh, achievement <laughs> that you got while you were playing. But when did you decide you wanted to be a teacher and how did you uh, yeah. go about getting well, into that? Well, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. I, um, I, I did about 10 years in the paper industry and it kind of, you know, worked my way up the the chain a little bit in terms of, you know, management and level of responsibility and all that kind of stuff and, and kind of found that my life was too one dimensional, you know, and during that time, I, you know, I played a lot of amateur baseball as an adult. Um, and, but I stopped at the age of 37 and, and I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't play center field anymore. You know, the position I wanted to, cause I was getting a little too slow. And so I kind of stepped away from the game a little bit and then it just became all work all the time. And by the time I got to be 40, I realized like I can't live without the sport that I, that I love, you know? And um, I want also just wanted to um, be involved in other academic type things and artistic things that um, weren't available to me in an all consuming kind of one dimensional career. And so at the age of 40, I made a decision to, to go into teaching. And I went to a boarding school first in New York, and I worked there for 13 years. And they made me the head baseball coach coming in. And so I was a head coach there for, for 13 years before coming to Westminster in 2014. So that was kind of the idea behind it, was just uh, wanting to have um, a lot more uh, diverse interest, you know, get satisfied really in, in the profession and be, um, be in, get back into the game of baseball. And Coach Boomer, when you first came to Westminster, you were actually the golf coach for two years. How did that pan out before you actually saw the diamond? <laughs> well, the, the golf players were really good and they, and, and they didn't require a lot of coaching, which was a good thing. So, uh, they, were, they all knew more about the game than I did, and, and really I was more of a cheerleader and a bus driver and an organizer than I was <laughs> anything else. And I, I loved those kids, and I, I had a great time. And, um, but, you know, when, when Russell left, um, we, we were all very sad to see him go, but uh, I was approached not too long after he announced his intentions, you know, to leave, you know, to see if I wanted to join baseball. And I, even though I was enjoying golf a lot and um, enjoying, you know, being able to play at country clubs and stuff myself uh, along with the, with the boys, but I, my heart was too much into baseball. I couldn't turn that down, you know, when the offer came my way. So I was really glad to, um, to accept that and to, and to start working for coach Laney. And I got just a ton of respect for him. And um, you know, it's been a blast. I, you guys don't know behind the scenes, we have such good chemistry together as a coaching staff. It's a, a blast to be with them. And, and part of the reason we're all hurting right now is because we don't get to see each other every day, you know, and just rib each other or do, do whatever. Um, but that's how it happened. Uh, yeah, I, I took a golf coach job because Westminster needed, wanted people to coach when they came to work here and they, needed, and they had an opening in golf. And I'm like, well, I'm a pretty decent golfer. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll coach that, whatever. Sure. You know, but uh, when baseball came open, I couldn't turn it down. And do you have any favorite memories? Coach McGuire covered his, but do you have any favorite Westminster baseball memories from your time here? Oh uh, yeah. There's, I mean, well, the, the state championship, I was not a coach on the field at that time. That was, I was aware that I was going to be a coach when that happened and I was mm -hmm. there, 
but I was outside the fence and that was still a great memory for me. But, but as a coach um, on the field, I would have to say it happened uh, against Jefferson, you know, you know, last year in the, in the, in the playoffs, you know, they, they were, we met them in the first round and they were 26 and one, you know, going, going into that and uh, into that series. And they were, they were expected to be, you know, the state champions at, at the, the three A level. And, you know, we had just gotten beat, I think six consecutive games by our, our rivals, you know, in, in our region, you know, love at pace and Redan and where we were reeling going into that series, having played some pretty bad baseball and gotten really humbled. And coach McGuire and I got a chance to go down there and, and scout that team pretty hard for a couple of games. And we put together a lot of notes. We had a plan. And I remember he and I were walking across the, the parking lot as we left the field thinking we can beat these guys. I think this is a really good matchup. And I felt like I had a pretty good pitching plan to go against some of their hitters. And we, and they had a lot of lefty bats in their lineup and we had a lot of lefty throwers. And, um, and sure enough, it, it was a great series. It went the full three games. We had a lead in the third game and they were walking us down and had the tying and winning runs on base. And uh, Charlie Wycliffe, we brought him in to face a left-handed batter um, who was a, a power guy in the middle of their lineup. And, and I knew if we got to, to a point where we could put him away, what pitch I wanted to call. And, and we got it to that count. And I, and I, I called it for Charlie and, and I'm so proud of that. He executed that pitch and he struck that guy out and, and then it was Bedlam. And, uh, and, you know, the mosh pit that the coaches made in the dugout and some of the stuff we were yelling and screaming, I can't repeat here. But, but like, that was that, you know, I've, I've played a lot of baseball and had a lot of crazy and wonderful things happen. But I think that that moment for me was actually greater than any I experienced even as a player. It was so satisfying. It was such, we were such underdogs and we went on to lose the next series, but, but it didn't matter at that moment when we knocked them off after playing so poorly for six straight games and really looking like we, we couldn't get out of our own way. It was spectacular to be a coach at that moment. I mean, I remember that, that whole kind of area as a player. I mean, we were like the bad news bears for those last six games the region play, and we were like, oh, this is going to be ugly. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to use that language, but I was thinking it. <laughs> we, we, were, we, we saw Jefferson, and they were like number one, and all of a sudden Coach, Coach Sterniolo comes in with a packet full of scouting reports and starts throwing in everyone and said, they're all the left-handed pitchers. We can't at them. They, they can't hit the lefty. And then, I mean, I remember game two when like the lights went out and the doubleheader and we were just kind of laying in the grass <laughs> yeah. for like 30 minutes. And, right. then, and then game three was, I mean, my nails didn't exist after game three. I was biting them so much. That game was, yeah. I mean, I, and, and the picture of coach Laney, uh, video of coach Laney sliding head first into a <laughs> pile of us after in the outfield, after the game was over. And that, that is something that I, I won't forget as a player, at least. You know, Jack, um, you witnessed that, but I tip my cap specifically to Coach Boomer and his approach on how to get those Jefferson batters out. They were deadly hitters, and they were the defending state champion. And he crafted up masterful pitching game plans for all three of those ball games. And normally Coach Boomer and I kind of stand side by side in the dugout while he's orchestrating the pitches and, you know, we're moving the defense around a little bit. But 
And in that series, he kind of isolated himself on a bucket and sat over against the wall kind of away from Coach Sterniello and myself and Coach Laney. And he was in his own world. And we said, we're not going to go near him because he has <laughs> got it. He's on it. And he was on his game that night masterfully. And if, if we don't have Coach Boomer in that series, we might not win. I don't think we win it. And I really feel that the reason we had success and won that series is because of Coach Boomer and, and the game plan that he improvised for all three of those games against a lethal team in a hostile environment against, you know, one of the better baseball teams in the state of Georgia. And for us to celebrate that moment of victory was something that we will never forget. Well, if, if memory serves me right, I don't think I threw a single pitch. So you can only, <laughs> you can only give me so much credit. But, well, but <laughs> you, just, you but deserve the, it. But the, those kids pitched well. They did. Yep. Coach Boomer, would you, would you say that was your uh, Michael Jordan NBA Finals-esque uh, coaching performance? <laughs> <laughs> I think Coach McGuire's giving me a little too much credit. No, no, not at all. Well, I think that's uh, all the time we have today on this podcast. It was definitely a fun time. I enjoyed, especially with the lack of baseball, that MLB The Show and PlayStation hasn't been enough baseball fix for me. So being able to have some nice conversation uh, with you two coaches and then Riley as well. Uh, before we uh, end, I'd just like to say a big thank you to Coach Boomer, Coach McGuire for joining us. And just uh, as my high school days come to an end, just uh, for their presence, and I remember – Coach Boomer, the first time I really ran into him was in 10th grade when I had a, a C in honors math coming into <laughs> second semester. And I was in the math lab about every morning for about two weeks, and he, he pulled me out of the gutter and uh, kept, kept my grade alive. And then you Coach McGuire. And you crushed it, to be honest. I got a 92 on that exam. That's, and that's I, what I'm I, talking about. That's what I'm another, talking another about. thing that we're going to give credit you for uh, credit, I think credit is due. I think you really, really helped me. And then Coach McGuire in fifth grade, the, uh, the intramurals, uh, I remember every, every, week in the afternoons playing some weird kickball or star wars i mean that was that was incredible so i want to say thank you to both of you for for being great coaches educators uh and just mentors through my through my time at westminster well, well thank you jack you were um without a doubt a, a delight and a pleasure to teach and to coach and um you have certainly left your mark at westminster and you're legendary wcat guy and uh there have been some wonderful play-by-play -play broadcasters that have come through Westminster in years past, but you are right there with them, and your, your future is extremely bright, and Coach Boomer and I are anxiously awaiting to see your path and your journey, to see where you land, and uh, we're going to see you big time one day, but uh, the best to you, continued <laughs> success. We miss you, and we love you, man, and thanks for the memories you left on the field with us. Uh, I'll take those with me. Uh, to my grave and um, I'm proud of you and um, your your future is very bright you're going to get through this little valley that we're in but I guarantee you that road is really paved for you and and I know you got to give your props to to Mr. Searle for giving you this opportunity and look at all the the the, the kids before you that have gone on and landed wonderful jobs in the broadcasting business and you're next and so uh best of luck to you and, and to coach Searle thank you for giving Jack and your boys and Riley uh the opportunity to do what they're doing they're fantastic and uh, what an experience Jackie when you get that big first job in the booth I want an invite I'm just telling you right now remember where you came from 
Hey, Wiley Ballard gave you the invite, so it would only be right if I followed in his footsteps, and, I, and I, I'll definitely reach out. Uh, so that's all the time, like, like I said, that we have for the podcast today. We appreciate everyone, if you're listening till the end, for listening. Uh, for Riley O'Neill, our, our co-host, and then our coaches, Doug Boomer and Coach Brent McGuire, I'm Jack Hunter from WCAT and our inaugural podcast. I mean, we might as well send this to the archives already. <laughs> Signing off, go Cats.